This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to be sitting down with Fort St. John Senior Flyers head coach Craig Faulkner to talk about how the season is going so far for the club and for the new bench boss. But first, have you heard of a men's shed? Well, I hadn't heard about one until a few days ago when it was announced that this new initiative, which already exists in cities across BC and really across the world in lots of places, is coming to Fort St. John. So to find out more about men's sheds and why they're important, we're joined now by the person who's leading the charge to bring a men's shed to Fort St. John, Troy Romano. Welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you for being here today. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really appreciative of the time you're uh, taking with us today. So let's talk first about a men's shed, sort of as the concept, even how it appears in other cities in BC. What is it? What is it about? Primarily, it's an idea. It's, it's about men's health and men's well-being. Mm-hmm. It starts off with coffees and has blossomed into different places to have permanent structures where fellas are getting together and doing community services, uh, picnic tables, uh, community gardens, uh, anything that uh, requires some attention from some fellas with a little experience and know-how and some patience and some love. Mm-hmm. And we'll go from there. Yeah, it's it's it. I, I I a part of me wants to call it a social group, but that's that seems to me not kind of really enough of what it's about. Because what I read, I mean, there's some that they get together, as you say, they do community projects. There's mentorship involved. Correct. Men learn about woodworking yeah. and crafting and yeah. stuff from each other. But it's also about can we talk a bit about kind of the things going on in our lives that maybe isn't therapy but nonetheless might be therapeutic for you, men. You nailed it. You nailed it right there. It's not a place of therapy, but it is a therapeutic place. Uh, s- simply put, uh, I think men have an, an easier time discussing some of our really, really tough issues with other men. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, same goes for women. There's some things that are easier spoken to with other women than there, there is with men, and you just need that extra little bit of understanding to break, make you help you to go through that barrier so you can get those things out it's it's talking about things talking about your issues your stresses your challenges that help you to overcome those stresses and challenges only by getting it out is it no longer bottled in you know Mm -hmm. so that's where it is for me it's i've seen too many of my friends pass away here in fort st john from the opiate overdose crisis too many people have died from fentanyl overdose too many guys have died from alcohol poisoning it's just it's time to stop, and and uh, I've known for years that we've needed a men's group in Fort St. John. Um, the Women's Resource Center has done fantastic work for, I believe, decades now. They're in their third decade or something here doing work mm-hmm. in Fort St. John. Those women down there have been kicking butt for 20-plus years, man, and it's time we did the same for the fellas. And, um, they try to help us out. Um, they, they give us a day uh, every Wednesday but they have so much to do that it's just it's time to help them out by helping ourselves, and that means a men's resource center at the end of the day. It's going to start with the men's shed. That's the tip of the iceberg for me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go from there. Yeah. So we'll start with the shed. 
Now, I wanted to talk to you a bit about, I mean, <clears throat> before we went on the air here, you were telling me a bit about your journey because you, th this is just a step, right? You, It's not like you've come out of nowhere to no. see this problem. You, as you mentioned, uh, you've, you've seen a lot of people, you've known a lot of people who've passed away during this uh, opioid crisis. Tell me a bit about arriving to this moment today because you've, you've done some really interesting things in the community in order to try to help people and men who are dealing with addiction, who are dealing with opioids, who, who don't know how to deal with their mental health in a way. 2015, my, my dad, Len Romano, passed away June the 7th, 2015. Yeah. My dad served the province of BC for 51 and a half years as a project supervisor. I paved highways everywhere from Hyder, Alaska, down to Souk, BC. Like, wow. Yeah, we, we were all over the place. <laughs> Consequently, Fort St. John, since 1999, has been my home which is, ironically, the longest place I've ever lived anywhere in the province of British Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, after Dad passed, my depression kicked in hard. Yeah. Really hard. And with that, consequently, came my addiction. Mm -hmm. I was in a really bad, dark place. Really dark. Like, no light whatsoever. And... Um, so I was out on the street selling drugs to feed my addiction. Yeah. I got busted in 2016 in, in the March sweep. And that was the first year that the province of BC uh, announced about the opiate, opiate overdose crisis yeah. in British Columbia. And I think we lost 680 folks that first year. Last year before last, I don't know the numbers for last year, but the year before, I think it was uh, 2,500 folks we lost in BC alone. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, COVID didn't help that, but... So 2018, I was sentenced in court here in BC Supreme Court in, in, in Fort St. John. The judge uh, was a really, Judge Thomas is a, a super, super judge. And mm -hmm. she recognized that I wasn't doing what I was doing because I was, didn't care about the world or anything. I just didn't care about myself. I was in a dark place. There's been almost two decades since the last time I had a run-in with the law. So she put me on probation and told me, Troy, you need to start doing something that's opiate fentanyl related as for your community service. And that's mm -hmm. where it started off was in January 2019. I was supposed to do 65 hours of community service. <laughs> I've probably come 100 times more than that. Yeah. Since and I can't stop anymore. Even, even today, I'm homeless. I am staying at the Salvation Army shelter. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I'm sitting here talking to you today about a man's shed. Walking around, handing out posters. For the, for the meeting, that's uh, Thursday the 16th at the Pomeroy Sports Center at 2.30, I believe. Mm -hmm. And 2, let's say 2 o'clock just to be safe. And, uh, but we're going to start with that. And um, for me, that journey included uh, the Northern Sun Helpers, which was uh, a nonprofit society where we had, did a Sunday lunch program. We did 100 lunches, served well over 4,000 servings to folks. Eh? Uh, but I noticed... Easily 70% of our, the, the people we were helping were male. Mm -hmm. And most of them single men. And almost all of them addicted in one way, shape, or form. And that told me something right there. And I saw what was going on with Amanda and Anita and all the ladies down at the Women's Resource Center, Melody and them. The work that they were doing, how much they were helping. They've even helped my family, you know, my ex and myself, in so many different ways that I, I couldn't help but feel that that was the way to go. That Fort St. John now needs a men's resource center. It's time. It's time. 
<laughs> so that's where I'm at. So I'm going to start with the men's shed. We'll get guys together. We'll get the community guys together. We'll all sit down. We'll coffee up. We'll donut up. And uh, we'll put our brains together over sugar and caffeine, right? And we'll come up with a solution one way, shape, or form. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> what I've found uh, is it seems like the men's shed is very locally community-driven in that yes. how it looks in one town. Like I think uh, there's two groups coming to present at this Correct. meeting to talk about Yes. Their experience, uh, Fraser Lake, I think, and yeah. Mackenzie, or correct, something. absolutely, yeah. yeah. But how it looks there is not necessarily exactly how it's going to look here. It depends on what you want to do and what sort of the people who start coming, uh, what they kind of want to do with their. Just time, as you right? and I are individuals, every community is an individual. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And there, so each shed with its community members, they formulate that perspective that is for that community mm -hmm. and as we all live in places for years and years and then decades and sometimes lifetimes we know and understand and respect that community and of course come to love it so if i you know was only uh concerned about my addiction i wouldn't be here talking to you today um and i'm not uh, my whole thing is that i just don't want anybody to to lose their life over feeling the way that I have felt in the past and going to the addiction, to the substance, to eliminate that pain. And I understand, completely understand how that works. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, self-medicating is something I have done, continue to do at times, um, but I completely understand, and to me it's a survival tactic. Simply put that you need to kill the pain now so that you can make it till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So when I looked at all this, um, I come to understand that, you know, the journey is not about making it to the treatment center. It's about surviving the journey because people don't die of, of substance use when they're, for the most part, at treatment. Some, it's rare. It happens. Yeah. But for the most part, it's on the journey to treatment. And it doesn't matter how, if, if you don't get there and you're dead, what's the sense? Yeah. Right? It's, it's all for naught. So... It's, we need to do that now. We we have a beautiful community here. We have great people at Port St. John. There's a lot of really community-minded people in this city that care a lot. There's a lot of folks that have lost folks, you know. And um, you yourself may know folks that have uh, substance use issues. You may know people that have passed because of the crisis. And and I ask anyone that's that has that memory, that knows somebody that's gone or is in that position, just think about that for a second. That once that person's gone, and they're gone, period, forever. Mm -hmm. we, we can never ask them how they feel. We can never get them to treatment. We can never take them to detox. Never have another supper with them. You'll never have another coffee or donut with that person ever again because they're gone. So it doesn't matter about the end. It only matters about the journey to me. Survive the journey. We'll make it to the end. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. The men's shed is one of those stops on that journey for me. That's where I'm at. So I'm going to start with the shed. All right, Troy. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us again uh, the first meeting. When? Where is it happening? What? What? What is sort of the meeting going to be about? Okay, so the meeting is going to be about uh, getting community involvement. Uh, it is uh, Thursday, November sixteenth at two p.m. at the Pomeroy Sports Center yeah. in Fort St. John. I'm going to say two. I think I might be mistaken. I'm sorry. It might be two. Two or two thirty. I think we were discussing. <laughs> we were there for sure on the sixteenth at that time. Yeah. Um, 
It's going to be uh, getting community involvement, getting folks that are interested in seeing what they can bring to the table and help us out. We're going to, first thing we're going to need to do is find a place to have a shed. Mm-hmm. So we need a home. That's going to be one of our first things. Then we're going to need some of the tools to provide that, that service to the community. So uh, we'll be asking for donations from the community in terms of products, services, tools. If you want to send us cash to help us open the doors, I will gladly take whatever the community can send us. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to do it. So that's where we're going to be and just start one, one, one meeting at a time to start. And we're going to just have coffee and donuts and guys together. And we're just going to keep carrying on. By the way, half of the men's sheds in British Columbia started by women. Wow. Now, the reason I say that is because the men's shed was started in, in Australia, I believe, in the late 70s, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And it started because a bunch of guys get into semi-retirement and retirement. Now you're sitting at home, not knowing, twiddling your thumbs, and now you've been out of the house for 30 years, and your wife's sitting there going, well, what are you doing in my house for eight <laughs> hours? You should be up doing something. Yeah. So it kind of sort of came about in terms of, one, keeping our sanity and making us feel productive that we're still worthwhile as older men you know what i mean mm-hmm. um they say it's a young man's game for the world for the most part and to a certain extent that's true um you don't send 50 year old men into, into combat you send younger men into combat because mm-hmm. that's the way of the world and but the older men that have survived that journey guys that have gone through divorce that have gone through substance use that have gone through addiction that have gone through death trials tribulations those are the fellows we call mentors and those are the guys that we are going to be and, and I hope to bring to the table. I want fellas that have had a hard go, that mm-hmm. have come through the other side, that have, that have walked that trail, you know, got thorns and stickers and scrapes and bumps and breaks and still come out the other side and are still good guys, that are still community-minded, that are still good fathers and husbands and partners. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I want the heart. I want the heart of, of what men are about, which is heart. Mm-hmm. You know, guys always kind of bury that down a little bit. Of, you know, we bury our feelings a little bit because, you know, we, it's, there's a difference between being a heartful man and an emotional man, I think. You know, and, and being heartful and heartfelt in your community is a really big bonus for the community. By the way, every single time a men's shed comes to a community, suicide rate goes down for males. It's wow. a, it is absolutely an indisputable fact. Northern Health, and they try real hard, uh, the Northern Health Authority has the highest per popula capital per capita uh, percentage of opiate overdoses in the province of British Columbia. Mm-hmm. We are the hardest hit area right now in the province. Okay? Anything that we do in this city is going to do nothing but help out. Every single thing that we do. But we're a rural community. And we're very far away from Vancouver and Victoria. We have, you know, limited transportation and things of that nature. So it boils back down to the heart of the community. And that's where Port St. John's strength lies. It's heart. It's got a big, strong heart. All right. <clears throat> well, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but uh, Troy, again, uh, November 16th. 2 or 2.30 at the Pomeroy Sports Center. Uh, the first meeting sort of of the uh, Men's Shed Fort St. John group. Come by if you've got something to offer. Come by if you have questions, if you want to know more. If you want to get involved, you don't know how to get involved. Come by, find out more. It's going to be uh, a great meeting. Absolutely. Uh, we have some good community folks. Uh, Edward Stanford from Urban Systems is going to come by. I've invited uh, MLA, Mr. Davies. I'm going to go talk to uh, Mr. Zimmer right here shortly after I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and uh, Mayor Hansen, I haven't got a commitment yet, but I'm going to be making the invite again for the mayor to come by. And, and anybody in the city that has on the city councilors, please come by. Um, you know, I, I need your help. We need your help. All right, Troy. It was lovely to meet you. I look Thank forward to much. us having more of these conversations yes, as uh, as things go along. Thank you so much for taking some time this morning Thanks with us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you, and I appreciate the support of the Moose. Absolutely. You're right very on. welcome. That's Troy Romano uh, with the Men's Shed Fort St. John. We'll be right back to talk all about the Fort St. John Senior Flyers with head coach Craig Faulkner right after this on the Moose. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're here to talk about the Fort St. John Senior Flyers. They've returned this season after having a few years hiatus due to COVID and a lack of players right before the COVID pandemic. And here to talk a bit about the season so far, which is very young, we're joined now by the first-year head coach of the club, Craig Faulkner. Craig, welcome to Moose Talks. Thanks, Doug. Thanks did for I, having me on. Appreciate did, it. Did I get your name right there? Was it close anyway? Yeah, no, it was perfect. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Uh, well, uh, let's first uh, talk about this new gig. I mean, you've been a coach since, uh, you were just saying, kind of 2018, which really in that span is only two seasons yeah. as an uh, assistant coach. Uh, how's the new gig going for you so oh, it's far? It's really good. It's um, I'm very pleased to be able to work with uh, the other coach, uh, Wilf Newf, who's also co-coach with myself, and Eric Nystrick, where the three of us are coming together here at the beginning of the season and figuring out what we need to work on and what we need to improve on. And uh, the three of us collaborating together has been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did, uh, how did, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's sort of sad we weren't able to catch up before now, but uh, just training camp in general, how, how are things looking there in terms of getting, you know, players back and all that good stuff? This uh, to be completely honest, the first night there being, I think it was October 4th, we, we didn't have the turnout that was quite expected. So it was yeah. a bit of a letdown to be completely honest with you there. Um, the following Wednesday, we were much better, had a bigger, better turnout, and it's improving week by week here. Oh, okay. So That's good. Realistically, it is a working man's league, so it is challenging, yeah. to say the least, to consistently get guys showing up for practice and getting for games as well sometimes. But training camp overall was good. There was a lot that we had to work on, which we kind of slowed things down and started right at the basics again and just trying mm-hmm. to build with the system that Fort St. John Flyers are wanting to play and getting gelling together as a group and coming together and which is huge, right? That's the one of the bigger important things when it comes to the hockey team, especially for us. We have close to thirty players that end up coming out where it's fifteen of them are brand new and fifteen of them are second year guys. So there's still lots to, to work on. Yeah. And I mean you bring up a, a very good point about this league, a working man's uh, you know, league really you go to Manning tonight, for example. Yes. Um, do you, how long is the drive to Manning? From so it's here? about almost three hours, okay. give or take, on road conditions. So it's yeah, the bus today will be leaving at three thirty. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm, it's one of the games that I won't miss too many, but tonight I'll end up missing. Just I have prior commitments to uh, a family friend that's retiring from work for thirty-five years. There, mm-hmm. Doug Say there. Just shout out to him. Congratulations. So that was a prior commitment that I'd signed up for and happy to be a part of. So I'll miss tonight. But uh, like I said, the other coaching staff will have the boys ready to go. And it sounds like we got uh, a full roster heading the bus trip tonight. So, yeah. But I could see that being a challenge. Like, hey, fellas, can you leave work early to join us on this and road that's game? Just to Even from day one, we've always preached, and this is well before my time, the Fortune John Flyers coming from Paul Van Nostrom's preaching that it's family first, work second, Flyers third. And that's yeah. a mentality that we want to keep. It's uh, it is can be difficult to get uh, a lineup sometimes, especially on the road. But once again, it's 
you want to make sure you have enough guys on the roster so when guys are dropping out, whether it be to work, family, sickness, or injuries, that we have guys that are able to fill in and, and play. Mm-hmm. What do you think has been the biggest difference for you uh, coming from being an assistant coach to being now sort of the head coach in terms of even what your job duties really are? Yeah, it's it's, it's big feels just Big shoes to fill coming from Andrew Larige there, who's had uh, quite a lot of success with the Flyers going back in uh, many years in his time. I think the hardest part is necessarily is just trying to get that the team buy-in from the guys. Like it's it's going to be a different system this year. We yeah. have we're going to run a little differently. Once again, we got new players that you're trying to gel together as a group and get that team camaraderie is one of the big things where. Fortunate for us this year, we're not lacking. Like that's one of the things that we're really excited about is that team camaraderie. Like we're only a month into the season, um, we're gelling together as a group. Guys are enjoying their time together, and that's the biggest thing. You can't teach that. You can't mm-hmm. teach the respect in the locker room that guys will have for one another and show it on the ice and want to play for one another. That comes naturally, and for us as a coaching staff, we. We wanted to address that right off the beginning of training camp, that everybody is here, everybody brings something to the table, whether you're the a top six forward or the, a guy on the outside looking in, you're part of the team, and that team needs to be gelling and going forward together as a unit, and that's what we're working on. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the season so far. I mean, you've already touched on it. Uh, in terms of season play, I think you're 0-2-1, so you did yeah. have the overtime loss, get a point there, yeah. or a shootout loss, I suppose it was, uh, but... You know, two of those games, you were right in it. Like, I think you were up 2-1 after two against one of those teams and lost 3-2. The other one was a close one uh, 4-zip from Spirit River. But, I mean, you're in these games. So what do you think, working with this team, what what happens to push them over the top where the bounces suddenly make it 3-2 for you instead of the other guys? I think a lot of it, like you touched base on, so where you're the start of the season, we're three games in, the first game being the home game against Value up, Two nothing for a lot of the game. Yeah. Up two to one going into the third period. Um, we ended up getting in some pit only trouble there, which didn't help us out. And they 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 played a really good road game. They they were pushing us all the way. Um, for us, it was a first game really as a unit together. Besides the exhibition games, yeah. So it will come. Um, for, for that one, that was a tough one because we we had it in the driver's seat and we gave it up. Right. We 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 play too much. We find that we're we're playing. T- not to lose instead of playing to win. Yeah. And that's where we're trying to get these guys bought into. We have to play full 60 minutes. We can't be taking shifts off. And it's going to take everybody. It's not one or two guys. It's the entire unit as a group mm-hmm. to drive us forward. The Grand Prairie game, once again, up 3 nothing, up 4-2 later in the third period. Got into some penalty trouble. But the, the positives from that is we didn't give up. We didn't lose it in regulation. We didn't lose it in overtime. We actually had the opportunity to win it here late in the regulation. And come overtime, we had our opportunities. And then when you throw it to a, a shootout, it's really yeah. anybody's game. Yeah. But uh, without Gully being uh, kicking the puck out the way he has been, those games could have easily gone a lot further the other direction. Mm-hmm. So that's something we know we need to work on as a as a group is – um, biting down and having that compete, having that hunger, having the drive to really win those one-on-one battles, go up against the guys across from you and want it, want it more. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're working on going forward. And even the Spirit River game, like, yeah, it was a tough road game. We went with a shorter bench. It was 2 nothing late in the second period. 
Um, they ended up scoring a goal to make it 3 nothing late in the second. That was questionable for sure. But the <laughs> referees ended up can't see everything, so they yeah. put it 3 nothing, And then it's tough fighting in the third period, being down 3 to nothing. But our guys didn't give up. We need a little bit more pushback going into the third period in game, games like that. But it's, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, on the score sheet, because I didn't see the games, I mean, exhibition, you guys got bulldozed by yep. the Canucks. Yep. But do you think after that, were you really concerned about what you saw on the ice? Or do you think that's sort of maybe even a contributing factor to when you say, sometimes we're playing not to lose because you're a little shell-shocked after what happened at Dawson Creek, even if it's exhibition? Yeah, for sure. With the exhibition games, like nothing take away from Dawson Creek because they're a really good hockey team. Yeah. And they've shown that for the last five years here. They're one of the top teams in the league, if not the top for the last three years, right? Um, they're not missing a lot of guys. Yeah. They had a few guys, that new guys to the lineup, but for the most part, their core group guys are the same guys and have been for several years now where all of a sudden, especially for us, exhibition games, that's the first games that we've played together. We didn't yeah. have yeah. good structure practices leading up before that because we had such a bigger turnout to training camp that we had to work on some things and, and make some cuts and stuff like that where we weren't too worried, to be completely honest. Yes, it's embarrassing losing any games high digits like that but the positives are we know going forward we're only going to get better as a group more practices consistency guys buying in guys gelling together that's huge where it showed already in the first three games of the season that we're already getting better and we knew we need we know we need to improve on and we will address those things come practice and we can only go further from that yeah, awesome. Well, I know you're uh, not technically going to be there, but I'm sure you'll be checking your phone yeah. lots. Find out how the team's doing in Manning tonight against the Comets. You're back home. I don't remember who against next weekend. Dawson Creek on Dawson Friday. Creek. Yeah. yeah. So that's so going to be a good one as yes. well. And looking forward to that. Maybe some redemption for that shellac. Right. Yeah, just it. We, we want to have guys show up and compete, right? And mm-hmm. we're getting there. We have a really good group of guys, good leadership group with the, the captain there, Austin Crosley's really pushing the, the things in the room. Um, everybody's buying in going back to the veteran guys like last year legacy stepped up big um hildebrand's really pushing things forward we mm-hmm. adding ko bell to the lineup because he's away beginning of the season that's going to be huge so we're we have a lot of positives and a lot of excitement looking forward and there's a lot of guys that i mentioned and there's a lot of guys that i missed out too but at the end of the day as a group we need to be better awesome. and we have a lot of improvement mm-hmm. but a lot of uh, positives going forward so we're, we're really excited about it all right. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us today. We'll make sure we check in uh, at least a couple more times. You betcha. Absolutely appreciate you here. It's thank very you nice to me. meet you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Fort St. John Senior Flyers head coach Craig Faulkner uh, here on uh, Moose Talk. My thanks to our guests, Troy Romano and Craig Faulkner, for joining us today. Make sure you stay up to date every morning with local news delivered straight to your inbox. You can sign up for the energeticcity.ca newsletter right now at energeticcity.ca slash newsletters. You can also keep up on local municipal government politics with the Peace Politics newsletter and our offense newsletter as well delivered again straight to your inbox. Sign up now at energeticcity.ca slash newsletters. That's our show today. Jordan Prentice and Trey Lopashinsky are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. 
Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.